Hello everybody and welcome back to episode 3 of Teens Talk Mental Health. I know it's been a while, just been a lot of scheduling stuff and uh, college applications and all that fun stuff, but we're back. I'm so excited. I'm sure you are too. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. And our guest on the podcast today is Sophia. She is a high school senior at my high school and is here to tell us about her mental health. So welcome on. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. So first, like we start off every podcast, I want to just ask you a general question about how your mental health is right now and how it's been in the past and, you know, how you've dealt with it. Um, yeah, I definitely have had my fair share of um, just mental work on my own and bettering myself, um, but I think my big thing is I just get super anxious, so I've definitely been dealing with that my whole life in waves and especially senior year stress really provokes that yeah so um if you can speak more to that anxiety point and talk about kind of when it originated and uh, how it's changed since yeah so when I was younger I struggled a lot with just like loud noises and big crowds and like large social settings mainly and like for instance Um, When I was younger, a lot of the times I didn't go to concerts or big sport games like basketball games, baseball games, um, that kind of stuff. And then even just like live music a lot of the time with big bass would just make me super anxious and just like cause me to start like spinning out. And like that's what kind of was like my triggers personally. And then you said you missed out on like some social events. I want to know, how did you communicate or if you communicated that to your friends at the time? Because I know at a young age, it's probably hard to, for young kids to understand what anxiety is. Yeah, I think a lot of my friends weren't into like big sport games, so that wasn't really too big of a dilemma. But definitely when like my older brother and my parents would go out to the games, I would stay at my grandma's house and the safety of just like that and being comfortable was like a big thing for me and then concerts my first concert was freshman year and that was just because I was so scared of the fact of being trapped in a seat and having no escape with such like loud noises I never wanted to face that head-on and even when I did um, like for example I went to a Broadway performance with my mom I brought earplugs, and I had earplugs in the whole time, so everything was, like, half the volume. And kind of speaking to that point, too, have you been very open about this, or just kind of choose not to talk about it? Um, it's definitely a big thing in my family, like, even my extended family, who I'm really close with as well. On things like 4th of July, I would have to stay inside the house while they all, all my cousins, there's a lot of us, there's... (laughs) 12 now first cousins just on one side but we're all super close but they would all get to go outside and enjoy the fireworks and I would stay inside and put my earplugs in and occasionally like look through the window because I enjoyed these experiences it was just the noise was too much so I would stay inside with my grandma and just watch the fireworks show from inside the house but as for my friends they don't really know about it because um, it was a bigger problem when I was younger, but 
like I said, freshman year as my first concert. So after that, it got it got better. So I know you mentioned earlier, um, you know, you struggle being like feeling confined and to one space, like when you're sitting in a chair at the dining table. How has COVID affected your anxiety, or has it resurfaced? Yeah, I thought after going into high school, I thought that. I was pretty much over that stage in my life and because I had been going to basketball games now like the Kings games and a couple baseball games in big stadiums and I could do those events but I remember going out to eat with my family uh, after the lockdown and there was a live band playing and I started to just like profusely start shaking and I got super super sweaty and then all of a sudden I just started crying and it was like the weirdest thing because I didn't know what was happening because I hadn't had this feeling in so long and my brother who was sitting next to me was like why are you sweating so much like like you're shaking and I was like I don't know what's happening I don't know what's happening and then I started crying and I was like "Uh oh here it is again so then (laughs) I took my dad's keys. I couldn't drive at the time, so I sat in the car while they got the bill. But that's when I was like, it's kind of resurfacing after being locked in a house for years. And, I mean, what you described sounds like, you know, textbook panic attack. I know that's very common symptom of anxiety to have panic attacks. Do you consider yourself a person who has panic attacks often? Not anymore. I think when I was younger I did. But, like, looking back on it, but in the moment, I think I just took it as, like, like, why are these noises so loud? Why are my ears so sensitive? More as, like, there's a problem with me and my body and my Mm -hmm. ears as to, like, this is a real thing that people deal with. Right. And kind of to that point of accepting it yourself, was there ever a point where you just didn't understand what was happening to you? Or did you always kind of know that, hey, this is anxiety and this is something I have? Definitely not. Like I said, this is most prevalent in my life in my younger ages to the point where, like, I didn't even know what anxiety was. And, like, elementary school never crossed my mind. I just thought, I can't be around loud noises. I can't go to concerts or games. Those were, like, the big events for me that really stuck out. And even um, one of my earliest memories of being just super anxious with loud noises was um annually my sister and I both have December birthdays so we would go to Disneyland on our for our birthdays every year and we would have to leave Disneyland early because they would have the fireworks show at night and I remember being in such a rush to get back to the hotel because I didn't want to be outside when they're going on and I wanted to just watch them from afar in my hotel um, I, I remember one time we didn't get back to the hotel in time and, but there was a McDonald's like right there. So we went inside that McDonald's and like, we all just sat close to the window, watched the fireworks. And I was able to be in the comfort of a confined area that diluted the sound a bit, but still got to witness like the same fireworks show. Yeah. I know you mentioned how like you've been able to kind of find ways like 
literally physically distancing yourself from the noise. Um, are there any other kind of coping strategies that you use that you found beneficial or harmful? Um, well, when it comes to stressing especially, I think journaling is a great option for people to just release some sort of stress about whatever it may be. And it also takes away that aspect of who can I tell about this and trying to confine in someone else when you can really just jot everything down and reflect back on it. I find it helps a lot. And how often do you journal? Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I do it every day because that's just, like, not true. But um, last year around the winter time, I got really into it. And I was going to s- the park and sitting in my car every day after school. Back then it was every day. <laughs> every day after school. And I would just sit in my car and I would journal and I would read and just find any way to escape reality and my problems or reflect back on them and try to find a solution. But nowadays, it's probably more like a weekly occurrence. But it still helps you, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, I was in a different place back then to the point where I was so anxious and so stressed to the point where I needed to release it somewhere. And that was my way of releasing it. Now... I'm doing better mentally, so (laughs) it's less common. When you journaled, did you find yourself doing it, like, on paper, or was it more digitally? Yeah, I got a designated notebook that I found just, like, super cute, and that way I was more inclined to want to bring it out and journal. It was recommended to me by my therapist. Um, I really took that and started, like, applying it into my lifestyle, but, yeah... Uh, was there ever any time that you did take notes, like, on your phone or on your computer? Um, not really. I pretty much religiously carried this notebook around, like, whether I was going to school or in, like, my purse or I had a spare one in my car as well in case I forgot it. But, yeah, I I enjoyed getting it all out on paper because that way you're thinking about what you're gonna say you have to write it out and you can be more meticulous on like your wording and how you feel and there's no like going back and changing it like you could on a computer or a phone or something when it's digital it's all just like out there in the open it's it's something like you can't avoid your problems by going back and pressing the delete no i think that's an amazing point how when you're writing something Every word has its own intent behind it, and I think that's really powerful, especially when you're talking about something so sensitive and vulnerable as your own feelings, and I sometimes it's even hard to write them down. Yeah, for sure. Definitely shed some tears as, you know, you <laughs> go through all your problems. It's, it's a hard thing to come to terms with, but I think as soon as they're written out, you can't, like, avoid them, and you have to act on them, especially when... You know, you always tell yourself to do one thing and then you go and do the other. When it's this way, it's like, I'm telling my journal I'm going to do this, this, and this. So when I come back and put my next entry in, if I didn't do that, I'm held accountable by myself without having to bring extra people in. No, that brings up a really interesting segue there because 
obviously your journal is yourself helping yourself. Has there ever been any moments where you've had to have someone else intervene or chosen to have someone else intervene? Um, I definitely tell my best friend pretty much everything. She's, I'm super close with her. And so although I do try to figure these problems out on my own, I take a lot of advice from her. And even if I'm trying to get out all my stresses and I just want someone to listen rather than tell me what to do, I, I can vocalize those to her. And I know there's not any judgment or she won't try to tell me to like, different ways to fix the situation and we'll just be there to listen. No, I think it's always great to have that, even if it's just one person, that bond that you can really confide in someone and be honest with them and work through problems or even just have someone to listen or have someone that would listen because I think that's really rare. Um, what is your relationship with therapy? Yeah, so I started therapy my freshman year of high school. Um, it all kind of started because of a boy, because, you know, why would it not? Um, but, I mean, it was more like I, I did go through a situation where I was harassed quite heavily through the phone and in person by one of my peers. And to not be too direct, that kind of put me into a spiral. And that was definitely one of the first times where I confided in my mother. Because we we don't have the closest relationship, but this was something I didn't know how to handle by myself. I didn't want to tell my friends because it's embarrassing. So I had to go to my mom. And she didn't know how to handle it. So with that, we had to seek professional help. And... That was definitely a journey in itself, but I got through that, and then after that, I was like, this might actually work. Before actually trying therapy, I definitely just thought, what's the point? If I can talk to my best friend about this, why do I have to go talk to some random lady about <laughs> this? <laughs> but I think actually getting professional help, no matter the circumstances or the extremity of it I think is helpful no matter what so in its peak uh how often did you go to therapy in the beginning I was going once a week just to catch her up because you do have to go back in and fill in your entire life story practically up to now and with that comes like these the different people in your life and it's kind of crazy because I mean she knows all of my friends by first name. She knows how they treat me. She knows our interactions. And so then it was quite often just catching her up on everything. But after that, I started going once every two weeks for a couple months. And then once a month. And now it's been probably like three months since I've seen her. I wouldn't say that's necessarily because I don't want to talk to her because I think even if there's not a big problem going on it's always good to just talk to somebody about whatever's going on in your life and feel that there's a sense of security and confidentiality um but i've just been kind of busy <laughs> <laughs> and i think the confidentiality point brings up a good conversation there about how 
stigmatized mental health is in general and also just how difficult it can be to talk about very personal topics like these i mean even you and now being on the podcast that's a big step and a vulnerable step you're taking how have you seen that it's just hard to talk about your own feelings yeah for sure um i mean even with my best friend love her to death tell her everything but it can be like almost awkward and uncomfortable to talk about your feelings like sometimes you don't want to come to terms with them yourself um having to take accountability for how you feel and if those feelings change I think is super vulnerable and I think my first time really being comfortable with talking about it was not only therapy but like my first real relationship I think when you get super close to somebody they're like your second half and they know everything and and obviously there's so much data and supporting that you know we're in a mental health crisis right now a youth mental health crisis to be more specific and we have lived experiences to show this what's one thing you've learned from anything in the past few years covid isolation school that's really helped you in your journey with mental health okay i think like knowing who your real friends are and the people that are going to put in the effort to i mean especially with the covid situation and all like who's going to reach out and like want to hang out and who's going to stay in touch when everyone's isolated on their own i think that's a big part of it and especially like with us being teenagers there's a sense of being alone and trapped in our house with of course you're with your family but there is a lack of like friendship almost and i know over covid did social media have any impact on that kind of fake friend because i know the whole fomo fear of missing out was a real thing for me back in covid you know seeing a bunch of people hang out and i'm just like oh i'm in my bed right now yeah for sure i think there's a big aspect of fomo too when you see these people that haven't reached out to you all year and all of a sudden they're hanging out together and it's almost like you're kind of isolated and separated from the what was your friend group and then you don't know who to reach out to because you don't have these clicks of who's in my english who's in my history it's all over zoom there's not a ton of interaction I think it's very isolating and you do get that sense of FOMO especially through social media and seeing people post and not only that I think it also creates resentment for these people who you were so close with and not taking the situation at hand as serious as you or your family may be taking it I think it also for me personally um, got me to start thinking more politically and that aspect and what friends are where on the political spectrum and how serious they're taking it like the whole before this there was no separation as to republican and democratic parties because i mean when we were young too it didn't really like affect us that much but now you're seeing people who are vaxxed people who are unvaxxed and them taking strong points especially i think it definitely creates 
resentment and unity amongst whatever group you're in. No, I think, I mean, I think you could have said it better that during COVID in the last few years, political extremism has increased by so much and how certain aspects of life that shouldn't necessarily be politicized have been weaponized by parties that will remain unnamed um, (laughs) to be political. And it just completely separates our society, and it's a shame. I mean, it adds unneeded stress to an already overwhelming life, and I think we've just seen that day after day the past few years. And you've been an amazing guest. I do want to ask one final question. Okay. Is... What's one piece of advice you would give anyone who is struggling, big or small? I would suggest reaching out and getting professional help, no matter the extent and the extremities of whatever you're going through. But although that would be the best option, in my opinion, I think it is a hard thing to ask, especially with, I mean, we're high schoolers, people that have all these extracurriculars and whatnot. But I think just taking 10 minutes out of your day and journaling, reflecting back on your life, whatever's bugging you, whether it's college apps or, you know, relationship issues, whether it's romantic or friendship, I think writing it down and getting it off your chest and seeking reflection through yourself is going to be the most impactful in the long run. No, I think that's really thoughtful. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on this podcast. <laughs> I know it's going to be very vulnerable to come on here, but I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. I just want to take a minute to thank everyone who's listened so far, all the three episodes. I know there's been a lull between the second and third one, but I'm hoping to eliminate that a little bit and have another episode out within the next two weeks. So stay with me here. Um, And if you want to be on the podcast, feel free to reach out if you know me personally or I have a website, teenstalkmentalhealth.org or an email, teenstalkmh.gmail.com. Reach out to me. I don't know. I think having conversations like these are really valuable in any way I can have more of them. I think it's great. So thanks for listening. See you next time.